Good morning, everybody. We are back for another Faithful Dialogue podcast episode. And my name is Austin, and I'm here on Faithful Dialogues. And you can catch my stuff uh, either here or on MHTY Official. And I'm here with my buddy, Ryan. Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan, and uh, you can find my stuff over on As It Is Written. Uh, You can find that at AIIW.org. Thank you for joining us today. Hopefully you're having a good one yourselves a day before Thanksgiving. So I'm thankful to be here. <laughs> me too. Me too. All right. Good morning, everybody. On We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X. We thank everybody that is also listening on our podcast services. We appreciate all the, all the listening and all the downloads you guys have been doing. And if you want to see us live, you can see us here live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X. Uh, text us at 833-262-6431 if you have any disagreements or you just want to chime in on the conversation. You can also comment on the live stream and we will get to your comment and we will discuss your comment if you want to talk to us. Um, but again, if you have any prayer requests or anything going on in your life that you need prayer about or you just want to chime in or or you have any disagreements, once again, that text line is going to be 833-262-6431. All right, and if you subscribe, like, and comment any one of our YouTube videos, you will enter yourself into the Apostles Attic t-shirt giveaway, and we will give a shirt away at random, and you will get to choose uh, your design if you win as well, and we can work with you on that. You can either have something that is Christ-centered, or we can make a custom Faithful Dialogues shirt for you, and that would be super cool. All right, and... Yeah, I know that I... Yeah, I know that I love my uh, Apostles Attic shirt. I try to wear it a lot. <laughs> it's good. It's a good quality shirt. Thank you so much. Uh, we uh, we had a, a custom shirt made by a local uh, t-shirt vendor, and it ended up coming out super cool. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into the gospel message. So the gospel is the good news of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, he was fully man or is fully man and fully God. And he stepped into his creation through the person of Jesus Christ. And he wanted to save all that would believe in him after mankind fell in the garden of Eden. I'm sure everybody knows the story of Adam and Eve, where God said, you can have everything to eat except for this tree in the middle of the garden. And that was a sign and a, a symbol of free will. And so the devil entered the garden uh, as a serpent and deceived Eve and later Adam into rebelling or disobeying God. And that is when sin entered mankind and mankind fell. And so, like I said, Jesus or God entered his creation um, through the person of Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect sinless life, was born of the Virgin Mary, and he was without sin and he allowed his life to be a sacrifice for all of of the world and everybody that would believe in him uh john 3 16 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe shall not perish but have eternal life so that basically means that if you put your faith in jesus christ that you will go to heaven and Mm -hmm. your sins will be wiped away and not counted against you. It says in God's word that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It also says that man is appointed uh, once to live or once to die and then judgment. So we basically, there is no reincarnation. There's just this one life. And the most important decision that you could make in this life is who is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ is... Uh, the suffering Savior that God said that he was going to send, um, the Messiah in Hebrew or the Christ in Greek, and it's essentially um, the chosen one, right? And so the only work that God wants you to do in this life while you have it is to believe in the one who he sent. And so he sent his son, which is himself in the flesh. So uh, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Or And uh, it's interesting that when he was born, he one of his uh, many names was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Is that correct? Right. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. So again, guys, um, we, me and Ryan do this podcast so that we could spread the gospel. And the gospel is that God 
is forgiving all of your sins, everything that you've ever done if you come to him in faith. And so if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he was a real person, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried and rose three days later as a sign that his sacrifice was accepted by the Father, then you have a promise from a holy God in his word that you will um, have eternal life and get to be um, with him in heaven forever because your soul is eternal. You have an eternal soul. It is. It will never expire. And so your life here and your decisions here are going to dictate where that soul spends its eternity, either in the presence of God, which is heaven, or in the absence of God, which is hell. And so God doesn't, God isn't willing that any should go to hell, but mm -hmm. that all would repent and uh, have eternal life and come to his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's not, some, God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. Nobody gets sent to hell. You choose, you choose hell for yourself. And so I just want everybody to know that um, there's a free pardon on the table. All you got to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more about it, you can read the, um, the testimonies in the Gospels. It's in the middle of your Bible. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the testimonies of real people that were around uh, Jesus or knew about Jesus. And they documented all of their findings and all of the things that they saw. And so it, if you want um, Scripture to kind of back up what we're saying, you can find that in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. And yep. then Ryan also has a, a message for the believers who are in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So if you're a Christian, while your good works don't save you, bearing fruit and doing good things for God are, are things that will flow out of you once you have been saved. And so uh, as part of that, you are a king and a priest. That's what Revelation 1.6 says, and that's what Second uh, Peter says as well. And what that means is that we have a responsibility to go out as priests into our community to minister to those that are around us and to try to bring in as many new uh, converts to Christianity into your church. So a lot of uh, American Christians especially, we feel like it's the pastor's job to preach the gospel and, and convert people in the pews. But the reality is that God wants the people that are at your church to already be saved. He wants you to go out to your work, to your job, to your school, to your friends, to your family, and to uh, present the gospel to them. And hopefully that will lead to them coming to him, coming to a saving faith in who he is and what he did for them. And so once you've done that, uh, you know, once they've done that, you know, that's a, 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 that is works that you are doing, but that is not adding to your salvation. It's adding to the blessings that God is going to give to you in this life, but most specifically in the life to come when we get to spend eternity with him. So while we aren't doing good works to save ourselves, we're doing good works because that's what our commander has commanded us to do. That's what the general has, has said that, you know, all of his in, all of his men are supposed to go out and do is is find more people to bring into the church. And ultimately, we're waiting for a time called the fullness of the Gentiles to be come into the church. And once that happens, the church will then leave this uh, earth, and we'll get to watch everything that happens in the end times from up in heaven. Uh, so that's what me and Austin believe. We're pre uh, millennial, pre tribulation rapture uh, believers. Uh, we respect a lot of other people that have different opinions on that, uh, especially those with uh, post-mill and, and different beliefs. Uh, you, those people are, are, aren't necessarily, are saved, uh, but, sorry, those people can be saved, uh, just, but it, just because we have differences of opinions doesn't mean that they're not, so, on this, on this topic. Yeah, so um, we are, again, like Ryan said, waiting for the fullness of the Gentiles. That basically means the last believer who's going to believe. And so yeah, there's there's two like uh, words here. There's You're either a Jew, which we all know who those are, or you're a Gentile, which is everybody but a Jew. And so we're waiting for the last non-Jew or Gentile to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, we believe that we were going to be raptured before what is known as the tribulation period, which is kind of like all hell breaking loose on earth, because the devil knows once the church is raptured that his time is very, very short. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to spread the gospel because we have no idea when Jesus is going to return. Um, the last believer could believe in the next five minutes, in the next hour, in the next day, week, month. And um, mm -hmm. basically, you don't want to you don't want to be left behind or you don't want to be hanging around when the tribulation period comes because people 
will be will end up being killed for their faith and people will end up worshiping the devil as he is uh when when it comes to like the mark of the beast and all the stuff that happens with that mm -hmm. and so yep. And Jesus could return very soon, and we just want you to put your faith in Jesus Christ as soon as possible. Make it now. And uh, if you have any questions about that, um, please text us at 833-262-6431. What were we going to say, Ryan? Absolutely. Well, I was just going to agree with what you were saying and then add on, like, you know, the, the church might be raptured today or tomorrow. It could be a thousand years from now. But the, the reality is that you might die in the next five minutes. You could walk outside and, God forbid, get hit, and by, get hit, and get hit by a bus. Uh, and, you know, you, so you need to make this decision as soon as you possibly can. I, I highly recommend that you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ so that you can be saved, no matter what the horrible circumstances are in your life. So... Yep. And so, again, that's why we're here spreading the gospel. We want everybody to hear it. We want um, whoever the Father would choose to save through this podcast to be saved. And um, again, it's it's there's nothing required of you other than your faith. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z in order to go to heaven. You just have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And what I mean by X, Y, Z is you don't have to like make a pilgrimage to Israel. You don't have to give a thousand dollars to poor people you don't have to go to church every sunday there's not like a requirement for your salvation the only yep. the only i would say i guess caveat to that is you just have to put your faith in jesus christ the only work that god wants from us is to believe in the one who he sent and so we did cover that in one of our episodes hope you guys have been watching hope mm -hmm. it's been entertaining for you guys um uh, I hope you've been enjoying the shorts recently. My wife has been putting a lot of effort into that, and it's been it's been going good. So I, if you guys have been seeing our shorts, we're we're trying to get uh, as much of our content in your in your face, so you see <laughs> it and enjoy it, and come and watch the uh, the live podcast. And so again, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Kick, and X. And um, all right, uh, are you ready to start our? Did you have anything to say before we start our our like? No, I uh, just wanted to also you know compliment your wife. She's been doing an amazing job, and uh, I, I hope she keeps it up. And you know we're, we've been getting some good views on the videos that she's been making, and it's just been a huge blessing getting to work with her and and kind of help her out with the few questions that she's had. She she really knows what she's doing outside of me. I don't need to help her too much, so it's been great. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the the comments um, and the feedback, man. It's uh, she's she's enjoying making it, and it's been coming out really cool. So, I'm, we can... I'm happy that we have that going for us. Yep, definitely. Uh, so, what did you want to get into next, Austin? All right, let's go ahead and do our Proverbs reading. We're gonna do Proverbs uh, six through eleven, or sorry, Proverbs six verses one through eleven in the English Standard Version, the ESV. All right. Did you want to read that or do you want me to? Uh, sure. I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. All right. So Proverbs 6, verse 1. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge to for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son. Save yourself, for you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber. And want like, and want like an armed man. That's a weird way of putting it. That's why I like different translations. <laughs> and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed robber. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So w w basically, we have a couple different things here. We have um, it's we have you making an agreement with somebody that you know, and then we have laziness, kind of the two two things here. And this is why we believe um, Proverbs is something that even non-believers can um, read and take wisdom from. By the way, there was somebody that commented on one of our videos, I think you know about it, that was basically willing to have a chat with us. So we should we should actually set that up and see if he's still willing to do it. Um, it would be, yeah. be some good content. Definitely. Definitely. We'll uh, love to go check that out. 
Yeah. All right. So we have my son, if you have put up a security for your neighbor and given pledge to a stranger, you're you're snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth. So mm-hmm. it kind of seems like um, the, I think other translations put it a little bit differently, but it's kind of like if you agree to what is it pay for your neighbor's stuff? So like, what does it mean to put up a security for your neighbor? What it, what it's saying is that you have made a pledge that your neighbor will do something. So you're so let's say that uh, I want to get a loan, okay? And in order to get a loan, I need a thousand dollar down payment. If I don't have a thousand dollars, okay, I can go to you and I can say, "Hey, Austin, will you give me a thousand dollars?" You would be putting up my security so that I can go secure that loan. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So what this is talking about is it's talking about a similar situation. They wouldn't have been using American dollars. They would have been using sheep or a really nice jacket, certain things like that to put up as security to say that this person will pay you back. And so what this is saying, if you've been really stupid <laughs> and you've put up security for another person, so like like if you gave me $1,000 so I can get this loan, okay, and then... um. I don't pay back the loan. What happens to your thousand dollars? It goes away. It disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And so what this is saying is if you've made a really dumb financial move, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't sleep. You shouldn't do anything until you figure out how to fix that and how to get out of that responsibility. Cause you're very likely to lose your money in this situation. Um, because your neighbor doesn't really have a reason not to, uh, go back on that loan. Yeah, it's not it's not their stuff that's at risk. It's yours. So you're putting your stuff at risk for your neighbor, and um, it, it's like it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I guess you just say like let let whoever's trying to uh like if they're trying to get a loan or if they're trying to do something like that, let them deal with their their situation. Don't don't go and deal with their situation for them because mm-hmm. if something happens to their situation, you end up getting your stuff taken. Yeah. And it's and it's not saying not to help people out, okay? You can give this person money. You could you know, give them something. And if you understand that it's not coming back to you and it's not going to hurt you or destroy your life to not get this back, then that's then that's a good sacrifice that you've made to help out your neighbor. But a lot of people go and do things expecting to get paid back and then their neighbor can't pay them back and they get all messed up and financially ruined because of this decision that they made. So yeah. I think that's kind of what this proverb is speaking against. Uh, it's also basically just saying don't make dumb, you know, decisions with your money. Is kind of what it's what it's saying generally. Um, yeah. All right, and then we also have go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares bread in the summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. Um, so something that speaks to me a little bit is I've really noticed in my situation that I can't really take any breaks. Um, I used to play a, a whole lot of video games. I used to play like just kind of anytime I had any time off, I would just would like not really do much. But I've kind of noticed the way life is right now. If I don't constantly be proactive about securing rent or working or just working hard, basically, that um, this just speaks to me really hard. Like that poverty will come upon you really suddenly. And like um, I've just had to really make sure that I'm constantly on my game and proactive about like what I'm doing, because if I take any breaks, then it's just going to really bite me later. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's what's, that's, uh, I know this to be true for sure. You can't, you can't take breaks when it comes to like your employment. You can't take any rest when it comes to, you know, just securing your rent, securing your payments that you have to, to make because you'll just be stuck there at the end of like, oh, well, I don't have it. And, you know, well, you had all this time that you were kind of like chilling. And so there, there's really no chill time. You got to constantly be working. That's kind of something <laughs> that I've noticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, we live in a, a very easy time period, okay? 
So you imagine 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, if you weren't out working your field, you didn't have food the next, you know, at harvest time, okay? Like, today, yeah, if I don't work, I can go and I can make 100 bucks tomorrow and I can feed myself and go on one day without food isn't a big deal, right? But the, the fact of the matter is that the rest of, for the rest of society and for the rest of, like, human history, every other person besides the people alive today are having to go out and, and work in a field so that they'll have food six months from now or three months from now or whenever harvest is. And so we just, we have such a, a, a crazy idea about what work is and about, you know, what we need to do to to keep ourselves alive. It's so much easier today than it used to be that I think this is even more uh, important today that we remember, oh yeah, I can't be lazy, I can't be a sluggard. Even even though the government's going to give me a check, even though I'm going to get food stamps, even though I will be taken care of, there's other reasons, you know, e that you would need to go out and work and and do your best to uh, to better yourself. Okay, um, it's just something that God commands us to do. And you know, next year, five years, ten years from now, there might not be the government programs that exist to feed you. America might not exist in that time. So we just. As human beings, we need to understand that the things that we're relying on, unless it's God, we we can't really rely on it. And so we need to go out and do the things God has commanded us to do, and we can rely on that to take care that that will take care of us ultimately. Yeah, you don't want to just be scraping by. You kind of want to be building yourself up piece by piece, bit by bit, and just working really hard every single day, and you'll be happy with your life in that way. But if you're just kind of only preparing for the next day, only preparing for the next month and stuff like that, then you're just going to constantly stay in that loop. But if you're constantly working hard, you can build your your life and yourself up bit by bit, and you'll be happy with the progress that you make, you know? So. Yeah, you, definitely that's that's usually what will happen. But, you know, there are people that follow God's commands that are doing God's will, and they do live in what would look like poverty now. Um, but ultimately, if they're doing what God wants them to do, if they're making the sacrifices that God wants them to make, he's going to honor that, and, and they're going to be in heaven with him someday. Not because of the work that they did, but they will be rewarded for that work in heaven. So while our works don't get us into heaven, us faithfully following God's commands give us different rewards once we're there. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that I think, uh, especially evangelical Protestantism, we we throw out we throw that baby out with the bathwater of while works don't get us into heaven works are something that we will get uh rewarded for once we're in heaven yeah store up is that kind of what it means by store up treasure for yourself in heaven that's exactly yeah that is exactly what that means it means that you could be out digging in a in a gold mine trying to find gold here on earth but what would be better would be to do what god commanded us to do and have you go out into the world and fish up some men get some you know f go mining for men find them to to bring to god as a you know as part of the work that you're that you're doing once you've been saved to some of your fruit all right yeah um are i think we're ready to move on into john yeah so we're on john uh chapter six now and then uh where did we decide to end off let me Sorry. We're going to be doing John 6, 41 to 51. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. All right. So 
a couple things. Um, let's see. It's so so basically in verse forty two when they said uh, is is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how does he say I have come down from heaven? They're kind of viewing him in purely human ways, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they don't really notice that uh, he is God in human form or God incarnate, and so. Um, no one comes to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. And so what's really interesting about this verse is it's kind of like saying, if you have faith in Jesus, if you believe Jesus is who he is, that means the father drawed you to him. And so that was always like a really flattering thing to think that the creator of the universe, like, like pursued me, you know what I mean? To come after me and like, uh, draw me to his son and for the purpose of raising me up on the last day and so that's that's always been something that touched touched my heart because just thinking that i was important enough or you know in in a sense worthy enough i don't i don't i don't even think it's about worthiness but that's kind of how i thought about it is like really me like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so um it's not just me the the father like isn't uh willing that any should perish but all would come to repentance and have eternal life. And so it's, it's anybody. And so he's calling everybody to his son, but it just felt personal to think that like the, the God of heaven, the father, the creator of the universe actually pursued me because I, I've never had like a very high view of self kind of like the opposite really. And so to think that God actually wanted to, to come after me like that, it it was just really special. And it, it also makes me think of the, the the one sheep the he how he leaves the 99 to go after the one Mm -hmm. it's kind of what that reminds me of too yeah well and it's uh it's amazing because you know there's the story of the prodigal son and we're all that prodigal son that that went out from from god's household from the protection that he gave us we went out we did our own thing we sinned we messed up in every possible possibly conceivable way but you know when when we come back, even as dirty and disgusting, as gross and filthy as we are, when we come back, he welcomes us as his children. You know, it's such a beautiful picture in that story of, uh, you know, of us being redeemed to the Father and, and him just being excited that we're coming back and, and that we want to have that relationship with him, you know? Uh, and, and I think that any father who's had a child that strays away from what they want with their lives when they come back you know, usually it's it's one of the, the best uh, experiences that, you know, that they'll have uh, in their entire lives is when your child comes back to you after after straying. So, you know, it's just beautiful that, that God provided a way and a path for us to come back to him. Um, and I, it's important, you know, in, in the story of the prodigal son, there's the son that went off and did all the horrible things, but there's also a son that was there the whole time. And so for me, as as someone who's been you know, in the church most of my life and, and been saved most of my life, you know, it's, uh, it, we also have to guard our hearts against envy of those who went off and lived whatever horrible life that they wanted to live and then are coming back, right? We need to accept them as well as, uh, as the Father has. So it's important that we, while, while we make sure that they don't continue in their sin, that's our job as the church, we should also accept them back in and and forgive them as much as our father has forgiven them as well yeah and um we have right here in verse 45 it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by god everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me is this kind of like saying if you were a jew who or somebody who's studied the scripture that means you've learned or been taught by God. And so you would therefore come to Jesus because he's the one who you've been looking for expecting. Yeah, I I believe so. Uh, Yeah. It says it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. And so what he's saying is that if you are, um, so he's talking to a group of uh, Jews who would include probably some Pharisees and some possibly some priests or different people that have high religious uh, like uh, status. So they have a, a, a status in the religious structure of their of their day. And so what he's saying is that even you who have this big this huge status in their religion, you aren't of the Father unless you've 
uh, uh, unless you come to me. So you, what you've been hearing, what you've been learning your whole life isn't from the Father if it doesn't cause you to see who I am and come to me. Oh, okay. All right, and then we have um, <clears throat> um, the next verse where not, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. This is like Jesus saying, like, um, I came from him. I, I've seen him. Well, I am him. <laughs> well, but, uh, so the, yeah, this would have been a very controversial statement made by uh, Jesus. So what he's saying is this is a callback to the Torah. And this is why it's so important that as Christians we go and we read the Old Testament as much as, or it, more than, if not more than how, how much we read the New Testament. Um, so what he's saying is that uh, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. So this is a callback to Moses in the Torah. And so you see Moses, he's going and he's receiving the, the Ten Commandments from God. And he's, he asks God, hey God, can I see you? Can I see your face? And God basically says, no, you can't see my face. That wouldn't be good. And so what uh, God sets up is the ability for uh, Moses to see his, uh, in, the K in the KJV, it's called his hindquarters. And so um, basically what, what Jesus is saying is that he's greater than Moses here. And they would have all understood that. <laughs> um, so because it, Moses couldn't even see the father. So he's saying that I'm, I'm better than that. I can, it, I've seen him. <laughs> exactly. And so there's instances where you really need to know the scriptures in order to understand what Jesus is saying. Okay. Cause it sounds like, you know, and they, uh, it just doesn't sound all that big of a deal. It says not that anyone has seen the father, except he who is from God, he has seen the father. Like that's a big deal. Being able to see God is not something a human being can do. We would just be, uh, what I have heard it described as is almost like we'd be unmade. We just can't be in his presence because of the evil, vile wickedness in our hearts and in our uh, beings. God can't be near uh, to, to that kind of sinfulness. And so Jesus making that claim that he is that close to God, that he's seen him, is huge. Like th there were probably some people that were thinking about picking up rocks to stone him when he said that. <laughs> So it has massive implications. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And then you've got um, in verse uh, chapter 6, verse 47, another little gospel uh, snippet. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. And so, and then following that, I am the bread of life. And so this is why we, we say that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life and you'll be able to go to heaven and be with God forever because that's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. So Amen. We got to believe in Jesus, and we will have eternal life. And um, that doesn't mean immortality here on earth. Obviously, we know that because Christians have passed away, and um, the old prophets and everybody that spoke of God has passed away, but this is speaking to the eternity. And so um, uh, I, I put it like heaven is eternal life, and Hell is eternal death, but um, yep. your soul is eternal, and you will spend that in one of two places. So that's why we urge you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Life can be found with God, and de eternal death is found outside of him. That's basically how it works. All right. So, and then we've got right here, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anybody if eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Speaking to Jesus' crucifixion on the Roman cross, him laying down his life willingly so that his flesh and blood would um, be a payment to um, our sins for the Father as a sacrifice. And um, yeah, all right. Yep, amen. Beautiful uh, section of scripture, and uh, I hope that everybody reads uh, reads the Bible on their own outside of this, but I'm glad that you're following along with us if you are. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right into some clips that we've got. Okay. Give me two seconds. Get that set up. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's go ahead and play that. <clears throat> 
in a few seconds. All right, we got this. It's going to be playing in like three, two, one. Think about the thief on the cross. You made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because I, I don't know. Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor in So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are, you, are, you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification <laughs> by faith? The guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let's just go to the doctrine of Scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually, in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Amen. Now, now that's the, that is the only answer. Amen. That's the only answer. To the neighborhood. That's on you, Austin. I know there was an ad. I was just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that uh, it, you know, I just that that was a video I saw even before I started making videos myself, and it's just so impactful to to kind of hear the story of the thief on the cross, and then to really just have it the way that he was he explained it you know there's nothing that that thief did he didn't have time to pray he didn't have time to uh to be baptized he didn't have time to do any good works he didn't have time to learn anything the only thing that that thief uh rested on the assurance that he had was directly given to him by Jesus Christ and it's the same assurance that we can have as we go into uh heaven as well when when we die and so you know, it, it's it's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it lets us know that um, it kind of confirms the idea because of, of you just need to recognize who Jesus is. And so when he was on that cross next to Jesus, he recognized that this was an innocent man. And um, how would you say that he recognized that it was the Messiah or Jesus? Like... Oh, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so somehow, somehow it clicked with him that like, this is an innocent man. Why is he up here? And so he must have had some understanding that there, do you think he had an understanding that there would be an innocent man who would die for the sins of the world? Like, do you think he was like a Jew or something? Yeah. So he, he most likely would have been Jewish. And so he would have known all of the, the, basically every Jew had a religious education up until age like 10 or 12 or something like that. And so they all knew the scriptures way better than we know the scripture. And, you know, even the thief on the cross would have known enough. The, the other thing is he would have heard all the stories about Jesus. I mean, literally the week before that, he might have been one of the guys with a palm frond welcoming, welcoming him in on Palm Sunday. Uh, or, yeah, Palm Sunday. Um, so... You know, he they had heard all the stories about him raising Lazarus from the dead. They had heard all the stories about the, all the different miracles that he did, how he was, you know, the stories about how he was born and the angels that were there for that. This was not, Jesus was not some character that was completely unknown. And so he would have known all this stuff about him. And then to see him up on the cross and taking it, you know, in, in the best way possible. So... The other thieves were up there, I believe both of, both of them at one point were mocking him and saying, you know, if you're really the Christ, get, get us down here and get yourself down from here, you know, all this, all this stuff. And then to see how he reacted to that, how he dealt with that in such an incredibly graceful and perfect way, you know, Jesus wasn't up there pleading for his life. He wasn't up there, you know, begging for, for them to take him down. He wasn't screaming, you know. He was probably making noises like he was in pain, but he wasn't up there doing things that were dis dis disgraceful to himself. And, and it, it must have been very clear to that thief that this man is not some normal criminal that's, you know, begging for his life right now. He's taking this, uh, you know, in such a way that it's it has to be supernatural in some way. 
Yeah, and so all he did was recognize that th this was the Messiah, and Jesus said, "Truly, I tell you, you truly I tell you, you will be with me today in paradise." Mm -hmm. And so, Amen. if we just if we believe, like that's why, if the only work that we have to do is believe in the one who God sent, and so God sent His only begotten Son to earth to live the perfect life and then to die for us and the jews knew that that the that the messiah would would come and die for the sins of the world um and so basically that's that's again why i was saying earlier that he's known as the the messiah in hebrew or the christ in greek and he didn't have to that's what that's how we know you don't have to uh get baptized to go mm -hmm. to heaven that's how we know that you don't have to uh, do XYZ to go to heaven. You just have to recognize Jesus for who he is and make a decision on Jesus. He's either somebody you don't believe in, he's either a prophet, a wise man, or he's the Messiah, or he's the, the, the son of the living God, or he's the Christ, or he's God in the flesh, whatever. You know what I mean? So you have, you, you have to decide what you're going to believe on Jesus, and that's really, really important. Because if you, if you don't, then you're going to be excluded from the the eternal life but if you do then you're going to be included in the internal uh, uh, e eternal life mm -hmm. so and your decision here on earth is really important about who Jesus is and the other you know incredibly important thing that we learn from this scene that we we see is that you know there is no purgatory there is no place that you have to go to pay off the rest of your debt the the debt that you have incurred is 100% paid off by Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of people that believe in purgatory, especially the Catholics. It's a completely wrong and unbiblical concept. Once Jesus Christ has done the work, once his mercy has been applied to you, you have that, okay? You, you don't have to worry about losing it, okay? And so, you know, we, we just need to rest in the assurance that Jesus Christ is going to save us and that he's not using our works or our goodness or any part of our righteousness or anyone else's righteousness. That's a another belief of the Catholic Church that's completely wrong is that uh, Mary, the other saints, and uh, all the uh, there's this what they call a treasury of merit. And so all the good works that you do, all the good works that all the saints have done, all the good works that Mary did, they get stored up in this bank vault. And then the Catholic Church has the ability to go into the bank vault, withdraw the mercy, and then give it and apply it to your life. That's what the Catholic Church teaches, and it's just so completely wrong. And we can see that it's wrong because of the thief on the cross, and none of that happened. He didn't, the only mercy that he had given and applied to his life was that mercy from Jesus Christ instantaneously. He wasn't getting other people's good works applied to him. He didn't have his last rites said to him. Jesus just said, because of the profession of faith that you made right here, you're going to be in paradise with me. And that's all we need to do is profess our faith in Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that he uh, rose from the dead. The, the thief had to believe in his heart that he would rise from the dead. We get to believe in our hearts that he already did it. And so that's, yeah. uh, it's just, it's, it's such a wonderful story that solves so many of the problems that human beings want to have, want to create. Uh, you know, we, we want to create a system where we have to go do good works to then have God's mercy applied to us. We want to feel like we've done something to earn and to have achieved heaven when the reality is that Jesus Christ did the entire work and achieved it and earned it for us and then freely gave it to us based off of us accepting him as our commander, as our leader, as our king, and ultimately as our savior. Yeah, we are saved by grace through faith, um, lest no man should boast. And so um, basically Amen. grace is unmerited favor. that He didn't earn it, and we get that through faith in Jesus Christ. So nobody, nobody deserves heaven, but we get it because God is merciful and gracious to us, and he came and died for our sin. And yep. so if we put our faith in him, he will be merciful and gracious to us. Exactly. All right. We've got two more clips before we head on out. And um, let's do the let's do the quick one uh, really quick. Uh, let's do a fuera. <laughs> uh, do I? How do I do the? Sorry, it's 
uh, Patrick. Bed here, let me. Oh, I'm it's because gonna... I'm the host. Should I leave it or what? Okay. No, no, I just haven't played it yet. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Give me one second. Let me know if it plays for you. Perfect. Oh. oh, we have an ad. Is it playing okay. for you? It will in three, two, one. I just marks it. Argentina's right. newly elected conservative president, Javier Mele, is uh, sending a big message to the source of the state's decline, Marxist bureaucracies. You don't even need to speak Spanish to understand what his message is. Watch. Ministerio de Turismo y Deporte, afuera. Ministerio de Cultura, afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible, afuera. Ministerio de las Mujeres y Género y Diversidad, afuera. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, <laughs> Those are uh, government agencies sucking the marrow out of his people's bones. He's just doing away with them. No base. <laughs> um, so one of the one of the ministries was the Ministry of Culture. Ministeria Cultura afuera. I just love it. Um, yeah, yeah, these are the agencies that are just taking government money and just bleeding the country dry, right? Yep. And and they're very similar to agencies that we have here in the United States. They're the agencies that enforce DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. You know, all of those horrible agencies in our federal government that need to get just axed. Uh, they're getting axed over in uh, Argentina uh, from their new president, who is a, like, I, my understanding, he's, he's pretty close to a libertarian, uh, libertarian, like, capitalist which is just a complete 180 from what Argentina had before in a, like, either very highly socialist, if not outright communist government. And so, you know, it just brings great joy to see that uh, crumbling, that system crumbling, because it's, it's caused them untold amounts of pain and suffering, and just it's been a huge nightmare, that governmental system. And, and one thing, especially as Christians, while capitalism isn't, default a christian system communism is by default an atheist system they make it very clear that under communism there is no god there is no religion you're not allowed to be or do what you want you have to subjugate yourself completely to the state and so you know it's just so beautiful to see people that are coming out from under a system that is like that and coming into a system of freedom and capitalism where they can exist and do what they want to provide for and to feed their families. So we just need to be praying for Argentina that they, they come to God, of course. That's number one. But fortunately, hopefully, they'll now be able to feed themselves and start thinking about those kinds of things. Yeah, they're going to see, um, yeah, the country's going to be ran right, and um, they're going to see a change, and they're going to be really happy with that change, and they're going to realize where they came from was bad, and it's uh, it's gonna be really good. It seems like Argentina's Trump, low key. <laughs> yes, that is that's how he's described. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that all goes. Uh, everybody, pray for Argentina, a beautiful country with a bunch of beautiful people, and ultimately, I know Austin and I want them all to come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, we want every we want as many people with us um, in heaven with with Christ and with the Father, and um, because. The devil wants as many people with him in hell to, um, to with him to suffer, and so we uh, we we have a duty as Christians to spread the gospel and get as many souls with us as as, as possible. Because um, at, at the end of the day, if you if you're if the the lies were wiped away and you're like, wow, I didn't realize I was lied to. I didn't realize that the the hood was pulled over my head and I just didn't know what I was doing. Like, and and you're in heaven. You're like, I'm so glad that. Um, I'm so glad that it's true. I'm so glad somebody went out of their way to, to, to speak to me. I'm so glad Jesus died for my sins. Like you, you you're gonna realize the truth when you die. And mm -hmm. so we, we're trying to spread that, spread that message here while everybody is alive and while we can, because um, we, again, it, more, more people in heaven, it, it, the better. And we, we just want. We just want people to recognize that the work has already been done. The price has already been paid. All we have to do is simply believe, and we're good. Like Amen. Thief on the cross. <laughs> exactly. Good. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it, we want as many people to come to Christ as possible, not just because that's what we're commanded to do, but because it's the right thing, right? You know, why would anybody want someone to suffer eternally? 
it's just such a horribly evil and wicked thing that anybody could desire. So, all right, are we ready to move on to our last video here? I think we yeah, have a little bit it. of time. Uh, this, so this you, is from, oh, yeah. I was going to say, are you down to watch the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll explain it a little bit. Uh, this is a clip that I took from an interview with Patrick Bet David, where he is explaining uh, kind of how part of the process of him coming to Christ. So praise God, he's a Christian, but he's also an incredibly successful businessman. He started a, uh, I think it was a realty company, uh, where he started off with like 60 realtors and he just sold it last year for like a few hundred million dollars or possibly wow. the company got sold for like a billion. And he's, so he's a really successful businessman, which I know a lot of Christians, we want to see problems or issues with people who are successful and rich. And, you know, there are some teachings that would hint at, at you know, uh, being rich being a problem for your salvation. But we can also look back at different uh, people and different characters in the Bible, like Abraham, like Job, like King David, like King Solomon. All of these people were, at their time, some of the most wealthy people in the world. And so they were still able to have faith in God. They were still able to be saved. And so, you know even the richest among us are able to be saved as well. And so I'm, I'm very happy to hear that Patrick Bet David professes a belief in Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, so we'll hear kind of how he came to Christ, a little bit of that story. It's a longer story than this, uh, and he tells it in a bunch of different places, but we'll, uh, we'll see it right now. All right. In the demanding world of archery, perfection is not a coincidence, but the result of... But if you exist, love to talk to my mom. Uh, can you 30 can seconds you, later? Uh, my restart. next tip. Sorry, yeah. Bet David is an incredibly successful man. You should listen to what he fears the most. I said, God, I haven't spoken to my mom for five years. But if you exist, I would love to talk to my mom. 30 seconds later, my next tell. I get a call from a block number brother. This is like a I've told the story, it's a very weird moment of my scariest moment for me. I don't want to answer the phone. And it's one of those next tells, well, you know, the, the flip phones. Yeah. And I flip it, and it's my mom crying. So why are you crying? She says, I got the feeling you were in pain. How'd you get this number? She says, you know, I just got it six months ago. I said, but do you know what I'm going through right now? What are you going? I said, no, nothing. But I don't know how to talk to her. I hang up the phone. I sat in that car that night, top of the hills, chills all over my body. I'm like, oh, my God. Either this is ironic or this is real, but the level of coincidence is a little too real. I could have chosen to say it's ironic. I chose to believe it was God, and he has my back, and he's had my back from day one. That level of confidence I got from that moment that somebody was watching me and had my back is the reason why I am where I'm at today. I make my decisions purely knowing he has my back. And if you ask me what's one of my biggest fears, one of my biggest fears of my life is losing his favor. I can't tell you how much that scares the hell out of me. Mm. Because to me, in life, when you get a person that has your back and they have your back like you've seen endless times they've had your back, you take that for granted and you lose it, you're a fool. So you've had my back. You've given me this life the four kids, my wife, my dad now living with me. My biggest fear at the time when I was not a Christian was my kids never meeting my dad because I never met his dad, my grandpa. They are best friends with him now. They love him. My son plays violin with him. My two-year-old daughter's best friend is my dad where they're together all the time. And now she goes to school. She was going five days. We took her out two days so she can be around my dad all the time. And my nanny, who's been such an amazing woman in our lives for 14 years, her mom is 85 years old. She was worried about her mom, so she wanted to retire, go to Mexico. I said, bring your mom with us. She lives with us. It, we got her a nice place in the house. And, man, I'm the luckiest man alive, but because I have that favor. So imagine you have that kind of an untouchable favor. You want to compromise that favor? Nope. You don't want to compromise your favor with God. That's why you need to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. You can do it right now in the comfort of your own will. So I pray that everyone watching this comes to a true fear and understanding of who God is and what he wants for your life. 
Where right. will I live? Let me wait for this. <laughs> I just left the activity because we're done. So awesome. There we go. That's a good idea. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I was watching that. I think that was on uh, Steven Crowder when uh, PBD was uh, being interviewed by Steven Crowder last week. And it's just so impactful to hear that story. You know, when he's sitting in that car with his with his cell phone, he's not the rich, you know, 100 millionaire that he is today. That was him, you know, in a very similar spot to where you and me are, right? Where, uh, you know, he hasn't quite succeeded yet. But he still, you know, he, he, he prayed to God and, you know, asked him for something. He got an answer immediately, which is incredible. And, you know, there's no other way to see that story except to see that God was working in his life to show him that, that he should have faith in him. And, and you know, it's beautiful when someone understands that and then accepts that, uh, you know, that God, you know, accepts that God is, is granting them the, their favor right now. And then he is so, you know, vehemently trying to maintain that favor. He's worried, you know, his biggest fear is that he loses that favor. And it should be all of our biggest fear is to lose favor with God. Fortunately, because of the, the way that it works, you know, there's not a whole lot we can do to lose favor with God. You know, we can be outside of God's will and not be doing what God wants for our lives. But if we, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, ultimately God will save us in the end even if we destroy our lives in, in, you know, so many different ways. Yeah. It's, um, when I, when I saw that video, it, um, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I, um, I've just been so worried about everything that goes on, but like I was telling you in private, like it's, it's hard when you're, you're, you're looking at your situation and you're like, man, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared that something bad is going to happen. What if this happens? What if that happens? And then you look back at all the things that God has done in your life and you're like, man, why can't I apply knowing that he's done all of these things and apply it to this situation and just have the faith like that's like ironclad, like, no, God's going to do it. Like, I don't, I don't know why I'm worried. Like everything's going to be fine. Yep. And so it, when I see this video, it's like, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause it just makes it God kind of spoke to me in that moment when I was watching this video and he's like, see, I have your back. Look at all the things that I've done for you. I've got your back, dude. <laughs> like, and so it was, it was really cool to see that video. That's awesome. And that's, you know, that's ultimately why I make those videos is hopefully you, you know, you see them, but thousands or hundreds of other people see them as well and, and have that same kind of experience where you can look back on your life and see the way that God's kind of guided you to where you're at now. If you're, if you're not a believer in God, I, I hope and I pray that you go down that path that PBD went down where you, uh, one of the things that he says that he did for like a year before he believed in Jesus is he would pray to God every day, like, God, I don't believe that you exist, but if you're real, uh, show yourself to me or something to that effect. I can't remember if that's exactly the prayer. But, you know, if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in Jesus, I would recommend that you pray that prayer and, and you know, ask God to show himself to you, to reveal himself to you in whatever way he's going to do it. And, you know, once he does, recognize it and put your faith and your trust in him as your savior. Yeah, and um, it, it it's he he is willing to. I mean, he's not going to appear in a room to you, but he he will show you that he's there. He's watching you. He mm -hmm. hears you, and he'll he'll show you in a way that speaks to your heart. And you have that choice in that moment to accept it or or to reject it. And so I just I pray that if you don't know God now or don't know Jesus Christ now that you would give it a shot and just say, you know what, God, if you're really there, if you really exist and you really love me, can you, can you show me that? Can you show me something? Like, can you reveal yourself to me? And it might happen immediately. It might take a little bit of time, but just stick with it because God is willing to show himself to you in Amen. not a physical way, but in, in a way that you would know. And so, yeah. Exactly. In coincidences that just are working out in certain ways that they shouldn't or, you know, just all sorts of things, even bringing up a, a podcast that, you know, bright, that is talking about Jesus and, and says the right things at the right moment. I hope and I pray that we are that for, for some people, right? That's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, right before we take off, we're about to get going, guys. But um, uh, you were. I, I wrote down a couple of things. It's about to be Thanksgiving, mm. um, and uh, I know you wanted to say, say some couple of things that we were 
we were thankful for. So I wanted to go just into it really quick. I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and the Father calling me um, to his Son for salvation. It's really flattering to know that God would come after me like that. Um, I'm thankful for God opening up a door for me to live with my friend where I'm currently living right now. Um, I'm thankful for the daughter God gave me to be my wife. I'm thankful for my friendship with Ryan and the and the Faithful Dialogues podcast that um, and the partnership that we have. It's been it's been a real blessing, and I I can't wait to see where it goes or where God takes it, where God uses it. And I'm also thankful for the opportunity for a career change with the the mechanic stuff that I'm getting into. I have one more four hour training, and I get to work finally. And also, I'm Amen. waiting for a depart a Department of Defense card to come in the mail so that I could enter like Marine bases and stuff like that and work on their like stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I get to start my apprenticeship really, really soon. I'm just, I've just been praying every day. God, don't let my car break down. <laughs> don't let my car break down. God, let me get a couple paychecks so I can pay for it. If something happens, please. Praise so, God. Uh, uh, by the way, there, if you need a car, if it does break down, there's call me your Christian. We can, we'll take care of you. But uh, okay. um, just so you know, that's not a that's not that won't be an issue. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just so thankful for uh for everything in my life. Uh, just a little bit about Thanksgiving. A lot of people go like, yeah, it's a turkey, and they were thankful about you know being in the new world and the Native Americans and corn and stuff, right? Like that's most people's understanding <laughs> of, of Thanksgiving. But the reality is, is that we didn't have a national day of Thanksgiving until the Civil War. And, and that's when uh, Abraham Lincoln decided to set aside a day where the nation can give thanks. And the, and the question that, that a lot of people haven't ever asked is, who are we giving thanks to? <laughs> and the reality is that we are supposed to be giving thanks to God. This is a day of thanksgiving to God for the bountiful harvest that, uh, that we've received. That's why it's in November uh, for us. And it's a little bit earlier in the season for Canada because their seasons are shorter. Um and so it's a time for us to to thank God for providing for us for the winter, but to also you know thank Him for all the different things in our lives that 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 He's blessed us with. So you know I'm I'm incredibly thankful for my my family, uh, my mom and my sisters and and their husbands are incredible. You know uh, I've got just the best friends I could possibly ask for. Uh, you know in you and and Christian and Will and David and. Rick and Pill and, and everybody in my life that I'm friends with, I'm, I'm so thankful for them and that I have the opportunity to impact their lives, hopefully positively for Christ. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful for, to God for the things that he's given me in this life, the, the way that he's provided for me and, and, and the way that, you know, even though my, uh, my dad passed away about 10 years ago, I'm so thankful that I have the assurance that I'm going to get to spend eternity with my dad in heaven because of the, uh, the, the salvation that, that God has for, for both of us. And so it's, it, it's just a beautiful day where we get to appreciate the things that God has given in our lives. And the, the funny thing is that it's actually a very religious holiday, despite the fact that in the last hundred years, they've just kind of ripped every little bit of, uh, God out from that, you know, holiday that was originally, that's who we're supposed to be giving thanks to. We are giving thanks to God for the the things that he's provided we're not giving thanks to the government we're not giving thanks to our family we're not giving thanks to our friends we're thankful hopefully for those things i'm not terribly thankful for the government this year uh <laughs> but uh you know hopefully we are we are giving thanks for those things to god who provided them and so that's kind of what i wanted to mention as we wrap up here yeah we're not giving thanks to the indians for the for the corn seeds <laughs> <laughs> no uh, we we they should they were they would have uh, thanked God for that right they would have thanked God for the the Native Americans providing food and shelter whatever they provided that first winter and there is a little bit of a tie back to the colonial period but really Thanksgiving didn't start until Abraham Lincoln like there were oh, okay. other days where states would have a day of Thanksgiving for different reasons but that's when the modern Thanksgiving like on the th on the third Thursday of November got implemented so all right again i'm just real thankful for you austin i'm real thankful for the uh the work that sky's been doing as well if i wasn't uh clear about that uh it's no, been weren't. it's been incredible the last week seeing the the progress we've been making and and i know that we're gonna just build this into something even bigger and, and better uh lord willing 
Yeah, dude, we're up over 20 subscribers now. And so I, uh, you were right about how consistent we needed to be and how much we, those shorts matter, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, well, it's, it's 50, it's 55 or 56 over on YouTube. Yeah. That's why. And, and the last wow. time I was really paying attention to it, it was like 32. So. Yeah. So we just got to keep plugging away. We'll keep making the, the episodes hopefully every week. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I love working with you. I love wor working with her and. I'm just so excited that you guys are where you're at in, in life right now. I know it's been a difficult year for you, and you're not yeah. quite out of the road. You know, you're not quite out of the woods yet, but oh, dude, uh, I'm this you're, close. Man. You're that close. <laughs> God's providing. Uh, I'll be praying for you. Uh, I hope that everybody else who's watching does as well, and uh, we'll be praying for you guys too. So please, please, please send us in any prayer requests you have. You can leave them as comments on our videos. You could uh, email them to us, faithfuldialogues at gmail .com. Or you can text us at, uh, what is that, 833-262-6431. Uh, so feel free to give us a text or a call over there, and we'll uh, we'll get back to you and, and hopefully be able to pray for you. So, Yeah. All right, guys, it's been a great episode. Look forward to um, some shorts coming out. We're going to chop this up and put it into some shorts and uh, uh, maybe add some ai art and some cool stuff going on in there to spruce it up a little bit but yeah i look forward to some content coming your way and um thank you for watching yeah thank you everybody have a wonderful thanksgiving uh goodbye <laughs> goodbye everybody